Jason Goodhall from Christmas. Are you asking or are you telling I'm me? asking you. Did you get a good haul? I got an okay haul. Okay. Ended up with some boots and a power supply. And, okay. Nice. Uh, whole break of everybody being sick. Every BD. <laughs> That's how bad it was. I can't even talk. Wow. Yeah, so uh, not many people know this, but you were scheduled to come over to my house for New Year's Eve. Yeah. Uh, no, we were going to go to your you house. You were going to come to our house because I spent all afternoon cleaning it. And Jess got sick. Yep. And you, therefore, we did not go to your house. That was like the capper. Every, everybody came to my house yeah. <laughs> instead is the plan B. Yeah. Which was, uh, I missed you. I missed you too. But that was the capper of uh, everybody in our family getting sick. All the boys threw up mm-hmm. at various points. Oliver on Christmas night, oh, no. which we had warned him. We were like, you do not come out of your bedroom until 6.30 to open presents. 6.30 a.m. It's like, you do not come out of that room. I don't want anybody out of that room. And at 12.30, Oliver goes busting out of the room because he's got to throw up. Oh, And Gunner's like, Oliver, no. They said not to leave. What are you doing? Don't go. <laughs> Gunner was hilarious, too. Like, Christmas Eve, we made him take a shower before they hopped into bed. And he's, like, doing push-ups and doing the worm. Like trying to tire himself out so he can sleep real good, you know. It's Christmas, man. Christmas is tomorrow. A little bit of grandpa's cough syrup maybe would have made yeah. him go to sleep. But I'm not one of those parents. Did you have a good Christmas? We, uh, yeah, it was great. So a lot of birthdays. I didn't realize that everybody's flipping birthday is in December in my family. Yeah. We had like one weekend. It was like we're celebrating these three birthdays. The next weekend, these two. And then the next weekend is Christmas. And it's like. It was it was nice though uh, a lot of family time and then the week in between Christmas and New Year's uh, I had to work but when I got home from work it was just family time just yeah. Shauna Ada and I um, yeah it was it was I got a couple new shirts I got a new flannel from Old Navy which who knew Old Navy could just rock out some awesome flannels they I, did I don't doubt it. They, my wife got uh, me a flannel from Old Navy and everywhere I've ro- worn that thing it's like. Man, that's a nice flannel. Yeah. Brandon Andrews should get that flannel. <laughs> and so it was it was it was great, but I'll I'll tell you the new show that I've gotten hooked on on Netflix over the the break. What's that? Tidying up with Maria oh, Kondo. We have also watched it. I watch it. We we were feel, watching it every night. I feel so bad because she fits. This is gonna sound bad. She fits every Japanese stereotype. I'm sorry. Don't you Marie. just want to hear her speak in Japanese? Though? I do though. Like what? I want. I want her to come to my house and help me. Like what is so soothing about this? I don't understand what she's saying. You, there's one episode where there's no subtitles. What? Yeah. There's an episode where she's doing like a sidebar, like oh. showing how to pack up something or clean something, and there's no subtitles. <laughs> And it's just like I don't care. I don't need them. I don't. I'm like if I listen to this for much longer, I'm going to understand. Jason, if you go up into my t-shirt drawer yeah. right now, did guess you how? Fold, did you fold them that I way? I folded everything <laughs> like Marie Kondo said to do. Okay, no, I could fit so many more t-shirts, here's, but at the same time, I've gotten rid of so much. Here's the real deal. Yeah, she talks. There's one episode where she's talking about folding fitted sheets, mm-hmm. and Jess blows her out of the water and how Jess folds a fitted sheet. She even made a video on Facebook. 
I started to watch that video, and then my Sprint network can't like failed me, so yeah. I couldn't finish it. Dang it! It's like she's like doing a Harry Potter magic spell right before your eyes. Like she's folding the sheet, and it should not go together the way she folds the sheet, and it just folds perfectly. I always just shove the fitted sheets into the the linen closet. Yeah, that's what we, I used to do. That's what I do. I <laughs> get in there. I roll them up. I'm I try talking. to. I try to like press them into a square. You know. <laughs> But, like, Jess, she folds them so good, she's like, oh, go get a sheet for the boys' bed. And you can't tell which is a fitted sheet and which isn't. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Are you serious? You cannot serious? tell. Until you get to the sheet, you bring it back to the bed, you're like, this is a fitted sheet. How does she do that? <laughs> well, she made a video. I filmed it. It's Well, that's the video I was talking about, and then my Sprint network failed yeah. me miserably. Thanks, Sprint. Yeah. Please sponsor us. We've been watching that in Friends. I did spend a lot of time with the boys. We got um, we got a Nintendo Switch. Nice. And I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart. Almost ended our marriage because I red-shelled Jess at the finish line to take first place. That's how the game is played, yeah, Jess. it is. I'm sometimes, sorry. Sometimes you got to red-shell it. Like, it's not my fault. I hit the square, and that's what came to me. I just used it. I'm not going to lie. We may let our daughter watch too much TV. Would you consider that sinful? Potentially, especially when... So I got Ada... Oh, my gosh. Anything Pixar puts out is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm going to save it for another episode Jason and I might do down the road about my love for Pixar, particular Pixar movies. But we got her Brave. Have you it, seen Brave? Yeah. It's been a while. We saw the theater. Brave is... I thought it was a, a really weak Pixar film. Watched it a couple times with Ada. Not weak at all. No. It's, Super that's awesome. A good, that's a good film. But she... So Merida talks back to her mom Yeah. in that movie. And Ada has been talking back a lot more. I told her to go to her room because she wasn't eating her dinner. And she stomps up the stairs. And at the top of the stairs, she yells back down at me and says, It's not fair! And then slams the door <laughs> and, and goes to her room. I'm like... What the hell? <laughs> How did you just become 13 all of a sudden? Jeez. You know what's bad that Rex does to me? What? I find myself all the time. They're like, they're doing something. I don't want them to do it. They keep doing it anyway. And I'll go, stop it now. And he'll immediately go, hoo-ha, hoo-hoo, hoo-ha. <laughs> After that, that bad lip reading, he does it every time. And he does it right when I'm so incredibly angry and so mad and just ready to kill them all. You stop it now. Stop Every it, time. please. Yeah. It's bad. Oh, my gosh. We need to post that on our Facebook if you haven't seen that yet. The oh, bad rip lead. Oh, it's so good. Seagull, stop it now. Yeah. Just, just YouTube it. It's great. But, yeah, so, no, those those would be examples, Jason, of something that is sinful or is it well we can dive into that so jason and i thought that because it's a it's a new year and it's a new us it's a new (laughs) not your pastor's podcast we're gonna talk about sin yeah we're gonna talk about everything that you've ever done that is wrong and displeases the lord and Mm -hmm. separates you from god and you'll spend eternity where they're in outer darkness where there's weeping weeping and gnashing of teeth and burning lake of fire in the middle of the dark. I mean, it's in so country album. So bad that you can't even like. We don't. I don't know how. I don't know how. It's gonna be bad. 
but we're also going to have some laughs along the way. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not in the mood to laugh. I'm wow. going to talk about sin. All right, Jason. So you're pretty serious on the subject. I'm looking forward to having a great conversation with you because I've missed you. I don't know how you're still smiling right now. You better get prepared. Because I've been washed in the blood. <laughs> anyway, so... Here we go. He's singing hymns, kids. Anyway, so sit back, listen to two guys who couldn't make it as pastors talk about sin. This is not your pastors. Oh man, is that a sin episode? All right, Jason, so welcome to the first episode of 2019. I'm really excited, and so I have to ask this question to start us off. Have you ever sinned? I'm probably sinning right now. (laughs) What, you're thinking about Jason Momoa too? (laughs) I hate that guy. Gosh. His beautiful good looks, that's a sin. I, I I watched Aquaman, that was a sin. Did you watch it? Yeah, is sure. it as terrible as it looked? Because I thought it looked <sighs> awful. The previews, the trailers. It. I'll, I'll I'll say this: Christopher Nolan ruined superhero movies for everybody that made a superhero movie after him. He did. Did he do Batman? He did the Batman trilogy. The Batman's are good. So like, when I will go in to watch a like a superhero movie, that's what I want. Yeah, and I'm holding everything up to that standard. And it's just everything falls short of the glory of God. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Marvel movies are pretty good. The Mar- So I watched uh, Infinity War over the Christmas break. Yeah? Get a little Thanos snap, did you? Uh, yes. I actually, I, so I'm not a Marvel guy. I'm not, I'm not even a superhero guy. I'm like, if it's got Lord of the Rings in it. Your underwear tells it- a different story. <laughs> I saw you bend over. It was Batman. No, <laughs> it's Hanes athletic wear. Uh, They're the yeah. silky kind, not cotton. Alex is boring. Yep. Anyway, so I asked that question because I've actually heard people say, no, I'm pretty good. I don't, I don't think I've sinned today. You, they don't think you sinned today? They don't think they've sinned that well, particular day. Tell me more. I don't know. It was like a, it was a really weird conversation. Who with, is this sinless person? I'd like to meet them. <laughs> it was just it was just a really weird conversation with I don't want to say their name because I yeah, know them. No, don't do that. That's bad. And so I was like, "Huh? I think even saying that that you haven't sinned today is lying and is therefore a sin." Right? Am I wrong on that? <sighs> yeah. So saying that, "Nah, I'm pretty good today." I mean, there's a whole section in Leviticus about the sins that we commit that we're unaware of. And instruction on how to give atonement for them. Like when I look at Jason Momoa. <laughs> is that what you, you get the... No, I, I just think it's it's funny. Like, my wife my wife will be like, I'm going to see Aquaman because of Jason Momoa. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> but anyway, especially because that was the only thing worth looking at on the screen in that movie. Anyway, yeah. enough about Jason Momoa. I'm almost idolizing him. You are. Another sin. Another sin. Man, everywhere you turn, it just sin. You are so so close to hell right now. You don't even know. You don't even know. (laughs) I love how you're really taking the serious aspect (laughs) of the episode as we talk about something that is very serious. It is, because I feel like 
um, sin might be getting pushed to the wayside a little bit. Okay. Do you feel that way? Maybe. I don't know. A lot of people probably think we're like super sinners because we swear on the show. I'll, I'll we, we say talk about this. drinking bourbon. That's strong drink for for Bible people. One of the things that is really, since we started this podcast, somebody gave a critique on our rubbing out a porn episode. Oh, yeah. They Their critique of our episode was we didn't, we almost played it up as like a little playful. Oh, we didn't take it serious. We didn't take enough. it serious enough, uh-huh. especially the sin aspect of it. And a- after going back and listening to it after that critique, I'm like, yeah. The especially my porn addiction. Talk, we're talking about porn. Talking about us a second. My porn yeah. addiction without the help of the Holy Spirit and actually the Holy Spirit using Shauna in my life, especially like it could have really wrecked my life. Yeah. And that's a that that was a sin that I wasn't giving over to Jesus because I was saved at the time. I totally believe I was saved at the time for sure. Because whenever I would watch porn, I would I would feel like that immediate guilt right afterwards. Like, gosh, dang it, I messed up. So the up. listener was can, um, basically saying accusing like, us of coarse jesting. No, no, not that <laughs> medium jesting. There was medium jesting <laughs> with the porn. It was almost like, yeah, you guys said it was a sin, but you guys almost didn't treat it with the seriousness that you maybe should have. Like you could, you can obviously have fun with it, but like still get into the nitty gritty and say like this, this, this thing is wrecking people's lives. I've caught it from three different pastors who've listened to our show. Each of them saying the same thing. Good people, by the way, good people. They just, they want nothing but the best for us. Yeah. They listen because they care. Yes. Um, you guys are really great at the grace thing. You guys are really good at that. I was like, but you guys, you just, you don't come with the truth. You guys mm. leave out the truth. I goes, well, I could see I'm more of a grace guy and Alex is more of a truth guy. No, no, you're both, you're too, you're too heavy on the grace. <laughs> we've, been, we've been accused of that. Interesting. They say I'm more of a grace guy. No, they say I'm definitely more of the grace guy. Oh, I'm more of the truth guy. You're, yeah, but you're as equally guilty as, as maybe doling out too much grace. When you should have spoke up what and else, said, what said else, some truth. What else do I have to give other yeah. than the, the the grace of Jesus Christ to save men from their sins? Yeah, you know what? Just to just to like comment on that right here, right now, is there's a lot of people listening to the show. Fifty thousand plays is what Boom, we're up to, son. which is insane. We are great. Yeah, there's so many better podcasts. Lift out there us up than on high. Us. <laughs> You are exercising pride, which is a sin, <laughs> Alex. <sighs> but um, when I was learning how to preach, preach the gospel faithfully, um, and be a guest preacher, I developed a sermon, and the pastor of that church said, hey, I want to hear your sermon before you preach it. And my sermon was pretty harsh. It spoke a lot of truth, but it came down pretty hard. And he's like, yeah, you can't do that. And I'm like, but truth and love, right? That's what you preach. He's like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. Truth and love, uh, right? That guy. He's like, yeah, but you're a guest preacher, and you really don't have that right because you really don't know what's going on in people's lives. And he's 100% correct. Mm. I don't. He's like, you go up there and you speak hard truths. They could be the most true things in the world, but nobody's going to listen to you because they don't know you. You don't have the right. You haven't built a relationship. It's going to fall on deaf ears, and it's going to be a waste of a sermon. Or you could go up there, and you could preach grace. 
which is also mightily important. You could keep it light. You could be a likable person. People are only going to get 30 minutes to make an impression of you at the most because I won't allow a single second more, 30 <laughs> minutes or less. Uh, are, are you could do that. You could preach grace, and that's what I want you to do. <laughs> and so that's kind of what we do with this podcast, too, because I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know what you're going through. And some people would say, well, you really don't need to know to speak the truth. I think you do, because I don't I don't view a lot of things as black and white. I think there are caveats to everything. Mm-hmm. Is drinking a sin? It could be. It absolutely could be for you. Is legal marijuana a sin? Ooh, interesting. Could be. It definitely was a few months ago here in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I believe... I, uh, I'm probably less black and white and maybe more gray. Certain things that a lot of people would, would come pretty hard line on as this is sin, I would say, uh, let's step back for a moment and look at things in context and how they got there and let's get the log out of our own eye. Let's not come on too strong kind of th- kind of aspect to it. So Jason, you and I have done a lot of these episodes where it's just you and I. Yeah. Ta- just tackling a topic, how good we do, how poor we do, just some of our thoughts that we have in this current moment in time. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of sin? Go. My definition of sin would be to miss the mark. Oh, you're going the Greek route. Fall short of You're going yeah. You were close, but not quite there <laughs> in a lot of context. I don't know why. I keep coming back to this this definition of sin that I heard back in, like, youth group times. And I know some people may not – it may not be – I feel like the, the definition in and of itself is – could be a little too black and white. It's not accounting for some of those caveats, perhaps, like you said. Mm-hmm. But anything you think, say, or do that offends God or displeases God – like, you get what I'm saying with that? Our harms other. We, we, you would couch harms other others as also in displeasing God. Right. And you think, yeah. So, like, but that was, that, was the, that was the term I grew up with for the longest time. Interesting. I've always grown up with it's just to miss the mark. Right. And you could, you could apply that to any number of sins. In some aspects, saying, oh, I just missed the mark. <laughs> That maybe doesn't sound sinful enough. But even even in and of itself saying, the, I know Jason's saying this in jest, but like it's missing the mark enough to where Jesus had to go die for your your mishaps. Yeah. And that's the thing that I, f- I feel like maybe our culture is missing a little bit, and maybe this is a little bit jumping around a little bit too much. Yeah. But like I remember listening to a sermon one time and saying like, yeah, it's cute. And the pastor was trying to be as graceful as he could, but also trying to deliver the truth as, as best as he could. But like he's saying, like, just so you know, that sin that you're struggling, like your sin that you won't give to Jesus, like, and that you may be joking about with your friends and you're not dealing with seriously, like Jesus had to die for it in order to save you. And it really kind of like... Sucks all the joy out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can you please gut punch me again? Thanks. Uh, when's the last time you've been convicted of a sin? 
You don't, I guess you don't have to name it. Confess it, bear it all, lay it here, <laughs> pretend there is a booth, and I am thinly veiled, and I am your father. Wow. No, I'm not your father. I've done that before, by the way, in my Catholic days. We are days. brothers. We're brothers in Christ. But I'm really your daddy. But you're not. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what your dad says to you? We're brothers in Christ, but I'm your daddy. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, there was some, I'll, I'll just say this. My my wife is an amazing gift for God. I've, I've said that on the podcast before, right? Yeah, pretty much every episode. We've heard it. Continue. Her and I will have these moments where it's like, they're just like spontaneous, right? Where we'll like sit, be sitting on the couch and when it's almost like we evaluate our marriage. It's weird. It's happened a few times in our five years of marriage where we're sitting on the couch and I remember it was a few months ago where we just kind of bared it all to each other, kind of confessed like, I really don't like it when you do this or this thing that you're doing makes me feel this way. And I was doing something that made my wife feel alienated and she didn't like it and basically said like I still love you I, I, I obviously I'm not talking about ending the marriage or anything like that but like this is really hard for me when you do this to want to stay married to you and I'm like and I think that it, I think you felt it, convicted I felt convicted because it it's in the I didn't realize I was doing it first of all and then after she kind of told me about it I was kind of like man maybe I'm kind of being a little selfish yeah you're not really thinking of others and trying to be trying to serve my wife as Christ loved the church and lo- and served her. So it, that's the most recent thing that I can think of. Yeah. And just as a broad spectrum, general thing. How important is that to have somebody in your life that you allow to speak? Do we say truth? <laughs> it's very important because there's sometimes I'm the, I'm the person telling my wife, this thing that you're doing, I think, is wrong. Yeah. And I love you so much, and I'm trying to tell you in the most graceful way, and this is going to hurt you, but this needs to end. Yeah. And the last time I was convicted was this past Sunday. Really? At church, yeah. I said some comments about somebody behind their back. Mm, I hate when that happens. And you know what? I can't even remember what we were talking about. And I don't remember the person I was talking about. All I know is, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I felt this deep conviction of, of you need to stop. Like, this is not God-honoring. You are not honoring me. You are not helping others. You are not loving others. You need to stop. And we need to, to change the subject. And it was like, that hurt more than anything. <laughs> Of, you know, that, I mean, obviously it's the most recent of where I felt, you know, convicted, but man, that feeling sucks, doesn't it? There's been a few times the Holy Spirit, and I I think you and I are in agreement with that, that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you in that moment, in that... I totally, I, yes, I do believe that. For me, it mainly comes up when I'm on the verge of potentially gossiping, or I'm in a situation where somebody else is gossiping. Yeah. Like, there's been times... At work, because I'm, I, I work with a bunch of people who don't know Jesus, don't love Jesus. And so gossip is just natural. It's one of those culturally acceptable things that we do nowadays, mm-hmm. Word, but God d- disdains it. And it's really easy to get involved in that. 
And there's been a couple times in the in it. I think it's a I think it's awesome because now some of the guys are starting to realize like, oh, we can't talk like this in front of Alex because Alex yeah. won't e- will either walk away or he won't participate. Yeah, I love. There's a guy at my work who always says about me. He's like, Jason wouldn't say shit if he had a mouth full of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah, you don't know me very well. <laughs> but sin, dude. Yeah, man, sin. Sin it's, is... It's such a big topic that it's even hard to tackle it in just a 45-minute podcast. It is amazing and awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And here's why. I once heard a pastor put it this way. Um, without it, do you... I mean, with well, first of all, without sin, we'd be in perfect eternity as it is. We'd still be in the garden. Right. Naked, making cool chairs. That's probably what I'm like. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get to heaven. Okay. But doing lots of cool things. Okay. You know, the ground's not fighting us. You just put a seed in and it grows immediately. What do you picture heaven as? Or if you're still in the garden? I think it would be pretty awesome. I picture the Upper Peninsula in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's slowly dying and decaying. No, the colors. The <laughs> colors, Jason. The colors. Yeah. That's also one of the... I did a hiking trip up in Pictured Rocks, and it was like early September. So it was the perfect time to go up there, and it was just breathtaking up there. Yeah, it, so is, it is beautiful. I went up there in September, too. It is... So... The, it is amazing, but... Well, speaking about... Yeah, Chick-fil-A on every corner. Up in... <laughs> in heaven. Oh, in heaven. I thought you were talking about Marquette. It's like, no. Um, No, I was up in Marquette over, you know, this past September for my wife's. She had a roller derby tournament. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting out on the beach at night. We had a little campfire going. Mm -hmm. And I just laid back away from the campfire. And I'm just staring up at the sky. And the stars were so incredibly bright. You could see, I mean, you could see the Milky Way. Because we're so far away from any light, you know, you're right. All the light pollution's gone. Huge body of water. And I remember um, Paul Washer, who I'm pretty sure if I met in person would tell me I'm going to hell. Um, He had this amazing um, illustration in one of his books where um, he's talking about the gospel and how... um, how we don't realize how amazing the gospel is. We don't realize how amazing the the works of Jesus are because of light pollution. We don't see it, but it's by the backdrop of our own sin that we realize the forgiveness and the awesome of that gospel. And the darker, the greater the sins, the more amazing the forgiveness, the more amazing the backdrop. And this goes along with Paul. Should we continue in sin? So that his grace may abound, certainly not. So I'm not like I'm not like going down any of that aspect. But when you realize that you've been forgiven of those sins, and you realize how dark, and how evil, and how bad your sin is, the greater the light of the gospel shows. I think that's possibly why you have such a hard time con- converting people over to Christianity in the Bible Belt. Because they're already operating at such a level of fundamental Baptist 
that they may not see the, their need for Jesus because they're already living at a pretty high moral standard. Yeah, you're talking about people within the church already. Right. And don't, don't even realize that they're in their sin. Right, and I've even heard people's testimonies like, I was a church kid. Like, yeah. And so, like, I was always jealous of, like, the addict that was getting baptized because his life was just, like, such a wreck, and he finds Jesus, and now, like, he's just, like, this completely changed person. Yeah. And then people say, like, you know, I feel like I haven't really changed all that much. Yeah. But then it's, there's still sin there, and there's still sin that needs to be forgiven by Jesus, and whatever your story is, Jesus loves you and forgave you of your sins, even though you may not think you, you sinned all that bad. Yeah, our pastor made an awesome illustration this past week. Well, not illustration, but a point. He was talking about ministry and some of the ministries we do at our church, the the uh, recovery night, we call it. We bust people in from recovery homes, drug recovery homes. We feed them a meal. So you get all kinds of people coming through the door, and we share an awesome message with them. We give them support groups. We know they're going to mess up. We know they're going to make mistakes. They know they're going to make mistakes. We have people in jails. We have people all across the county develop this huge network. And the Christians in the church um, are so annoyed with hmm. it. They're so... He's, you'd be surprised the amount of pushback. And He's like, the, the dirtier the ministry, the more pushback you get from Christians in the church. We, we also have a prison ministry. We spend exorbitant amounts of money going to all these different prisons throughout Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and Michigan, and sharing the gospel because, and Matthew 25, I was in prison, you came to visit me. That's the whole, that's, we're just simply following the Bible, but how many people hate that ministry? How can they be spending so much money on this? And, and to me... Head to table. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then the frustrating point where I see people like kind of start to lose their faith is like, oh, I'm, I'm participating in the ministry. God's telling me to do, but then all these people are pushing back against it. Like we shouldn't be doing these things. And you know what? I'm fed up. I'm done. I've seen like people do that. Hmm. They get tired of the pushback from, from very conservative minded Christians you have a confused look on your face. I'm just listening. Oh. But we do get that. People, the closer you're getting around to ministering towards sin, the more people will push back against it. Well, I think it's... I think it's Because it's dirty. It's not perfect. It doesn't look good. Well, it's almost like people in the church world and this, and I've I've been I've been de- definitely guilty of this. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to get my hands dirty in that. Yeah, Jesus, it's like Jesus has just rinsed all of our filth off in His blood and His death on the cross, paid for our sins, yeah. all that stuff. And we're and is almost afraid, like we're afraid to get dirty again, as if He wouldn't wash us again. Yeah, right. And it's it's just it's crazy to me. And here's the thing. I'm saying this as if I'm like some sort of authority on the issue. I'm not. I, there's been plenty of times I've been like, no thanks. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not getting into that. That's a little too deep. Yeah. That's a little too dirty for me. One of the one of the stories. One of the times. This is gonna sound bad, but this is one of the things that I saw when I was working in Flint. Whenever you'd have people come from the suburbs 
to come help out in Flint. Mm-hmm. Much appreciate their help. Yeah. Always will appreciate their help. There was a couple instances where we went to houses. It was just like, why is this house not condemned? I know people live here. Yeah. So, so I would be up at the door. And the, the ministry we were doing is it's Thanksgiving. We're just handing out pies to people. Yeah. Not even like an invite to church. Just, hey, we're in the neighborhood. Just want to hand you a pie. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. And you wouldn't believe some of the people that would not go up to houses with me. They would just yeah. hang back. Like, sharing the joy of seeing these people's faces, like, light up when you're just, no, you don't have to do anything. You don't yeah. even have to come to Sunday service. I don't give a rip what you're doing on Sunday. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Here's yeah. a pie. What, what flavor do you want? And my wife and I saw this a lot, and it, it was just, like, cringeworthy. Yeah. But at the same time, I've I've been guilty of it too. There's been certain times it's like, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. The people I'm, in the Bible have been guilty of it. Peter was guilty of it. I don't know if I want to sit with the Gentiles. Ooh. And Paul had to get onto him about it. Like, what are you doing? You're being a moron. Yeah. You need to knock it off. Because it's very easy for us as Christians to come off as judgmental. And we deal with judgment all the time. Whether you're inside of the church or outside of the church. And that's, I'm guilty of it. This might sound so hypocritical, but uh, definitely guilty of it, but it also irks me. So when I see people who come off really judgmental, especially towards people who are not saved, it makes me very angry Mm. when I see I shouldn't say conservative Christians, uh, legalistic, um, judgy Christians bug the crap out of me. Okay. They bug me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It it bugs me because it's, again, you're like, we are, we are sinning in the fact that we are talking about this and we are completely guilty of this hypocrisy oh my gosh Jesus how many times did Jesus say you hypocrites I know he's saying it to the Pharisees but yeah. like does that not sting sometimes when you read that like gosh I'm a hypocrite yeah when it catches me oh my gosh I don't know I'm just I'm thinking of all these stories I don't want to keep bashing the subject I, I kind of want to let's bring let's maybe bring it back to us okay you just you and me this is, this is, this is, let's get personal here. Okay. Are there any particular sins that you struggle with? I struggle with nothing, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, definitely uh, pride, uh, jealousy. Um, insecurity. Mm. Um, shoot, you name it. You? <laughs> Your turn, please. Uh, I think one of the things that, especially having a daughter and actually doing foster care, really yeah. showed me is how selfish I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yep, definitely selfish. And then I, I tell Shauna this all the time. There's there's a part of me that still feels like wants to give into my fleshly desires and give into lust. So, like... There are certain things that Shauna and I won't watch or we won't yeah. get involved in. So like those are that's kind of like a big one that I that I can 
put up then physical yeah, you physical let her barriers. Go watch Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird how that changes? Like if if you or I were to say on the podcast mm-hmm. right now who our Hollywood crushes are. It's different than when they say what their Hollywood crushes are. Uh, I don't know if that is with Jess and I. We've been married longer, though, so oh, well. we probably care less. It's like, if I want to go see Mary Poppins, because it's got Emily Blunt in it. I don't know. Next time Shauna goes and sees Beyonce without me, I'm going to be <laughs> ma- upset. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. I can't afford to buy another Beyonce <laughs> ticket. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Yeah. Beyonce, Luminati, sinner. Uh, definitely Illuminati weird stuff going on there, but very beautiful with an amazing voice. Heck yeah. <laughs> so this, but yeah, so you and I still struggle with sin. You and I still have these tendencies even, even though we're, we have the full knowledge of the gospel. We even have the Holy Spirit whispering in our ear at times saying, don't do that. That's don't messed do, up. Stop that now. What are you doing? Stop it now. And this is how the podcast gets derailed. It's not derailing. This is just, it's like, I don't know where to go with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm being honest with you as the listener and with you, Jason, as, as, as my co-host, like, I don't know how to proceed with this because it's such a big encompassing topic. Sin. Like, let's try and list all the sins. Oh, let's. Seven deadly sins. (laughs) Morgan Freeman. Brad Pitt. <laughs> well, for seven, for people struggling, thinking I'm not very sinful, mm. I think Jesus crushes that in the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, for sure. So, for for the his Jewish audience, right? They have the law, and Jesus takes nothing away from the law. He even says, "Whoever takes away from the law, even the very least of these little commandments, will get the least in heaven." Like, it's important. He says, the law of Moses will never pass away. It'll be here until the end of time. Um, He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to save people. And what what is the law? It's the Ten Commandments. Uh, It's 600 and some odd. 600, yeah. 637, 62, I don't know. Somewhere between 600 and 700 commandments, which you must keep in their perfection, in order to get to heaven, in order to achieve a level of holiness that would allow you to be in a relationship with God, because that's how holy and pure and perfect he is. Keep all these laws perfectly. And you had a sect of people, the scribes and the Pharisees, who were the best at keeping these laws. They knew them better than anybody else. They walked around and completed them and perfected them better than anybody else. And then Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he starts giving some examples of what they thought the law was and how they were keeping it and how very Mm. off they are. So after he lists the Beatitudes there in Matthew chapter 5, he is, he's talking, you've heard it said of old that um, anybody who murders, you know, will not inherit eternal life. But I tell you that anybody who is angry with their brother, have you ever been angry? Yes. 
like angry, like I'm mad at that person, like they did a terrible thing, mm-hmm. or I'm jealous, or or yeah, absolutely. And then he goes into lust, and he goes he goes yep into adultery. But I tell you, any any man who's ever looked at a woman, it'd be better for him to pluck his eye out or mm-hmm. cut his hand off. Jesus is talking about how serious the transgression, how serious the law is. And he's also pointing out how if you're looking at other people and comparing yourself to others in the room or others around you and you're thinking, my sin's not as bad as theirs, Jesus is crushing that right here because mm. you're not comparing yourself to others. You're comparing yourself to that law, that standard. You're comparing yourself to a holy and perfect and pure God. And Jesus in there a few times says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not have eternal life. Like, so he's saying, here's the best of the best, the and the best, best of, the, of the, best. the best are still not good They're enough. They're not good enough. Unless yours exceeds theirs. Unless you are perfect like your heavenly Father is perfect, you will not. Mm. And that is where his message becomes extremely offensive to the scribes and Pharisees. Extremely offensive to churchgoers who think they've not sinned because Jesus is he's morphing sin to it's okay, it's not the physical actions that you commit. Those are bad. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But from James, where does sin form? Where does sin start? It starts within. It starts in your heart, as Alex points to his heart. Sin starts. Ouch. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> Alex's finger is glowing. <laughs> Sin isn't just physical actions, it's thoughts. So if you have ever thought of something that would break the Ten Commandments, you don't have to commit the physical action. You just thinking it, of it is sinful Sin. enough. Boom. Uh, It's sinful enough to break your perfect union with God. And that's where we get into the message of reconciliation, the restored. Jesus is effectively saying, your works are not good enough. Your flesh is too weak. You cannot do it. You need a helper. You need a savior. Yes. Let me do it for you, is what Jesus is pointing out in that Sermon on the Mount. Wow. Not to mention he's the whole thing he's saying is so countercultural to what they exactly. would have thought was holy and perfect and pure. Um, it gets into all kinds of things, but blessed are those who mourn. Like they mourn because of the brokenness of their sin. They realize their sin. Right. They're broken. They're mourning over it. Jesus is saying, blessed are those people when... That's not what the Pharisees taught at all. That's not what, that's not what they taught. If you're mourning, then you obviously did something wrong to offend God, and therefore you have lost favor with him. Mm, yeah. But Jesus saying... Or I loved it when the, the Pharisees came at him about the guy that was crippled. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's lots of guys yeah. in the Bible, and it says like, well, whose who's fault is it? Whose sin was it? Yeah, that was the blind man. Oh, was it the blind? Oh, yeah, yeah it was the blind man. Who's, whose fault is this that he's blind? Was it his own or is it his parents? Because obviously somebody's done something so, wrong yeah. enough for God to lose favor and curse him. Yep. And we still have some of these tendencies today. That's what I loved about the movie. Okay, every movie I ever watch, I spiritualize it. Oh, for sure. So like The Greatest Showman, he's going through and he's picking out 
you know, all these people. I love with, The Greatest Showman. We listen to that soundtrack a few times a week in this house. He's picking out all these freaks who are afraid to go into public. And he's saying, no, it's okay. You're perfect the way you are. Like, you don't need to change. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Don't do it. It's hurtful. It's hurtful. That that scene, watching that scene is hurtful. I know where you're going. Go. Just keep going. No, no. Because I don't know where you think I'm going, so you can continue. I'm going, I'm thinking about when he does the not freak show thing and he has... What's her name? I can't remember her name. The singer. The singer. The yeah. Swedish Nightingale. And he yeah. has a fa- he has a party for his oh, fancy yeah. New York friends. Yep. And then they come because they want to be a part of the party yeah. because Why he's he's included he's included yeah. them in everything he's that he's so ever done. Inclusive, but now up until this but point. But not now. Yeah. Because he's finally obtained the status of being a New York socialite. Yeah. And he doesn't want their He doesn't want to be in mixed company. Right. Yeah. Boom, dude. Yeah. That scene is so hard to watch. <sighs> but people back then and people today still do it with people with disabilities. Like, if you're legalistic, man, what do they do wrong? So-and-so has cancer. Man, what are they... Are they are they sinning? What are they doing? I grew up in that environment. Maybe mm. not you and maybe not others to a certain degree. But... We still think that way. Over in the Middle East, they definitely think that way. When I was when I was there visiting a missionary in the country of Jordan, we were in the city of Amman, and he's like, "You notice any handicapped people around? You notice anybody with any disabilities?" I'm like, "No, I don't. That's crazy. It's like some sort of miracle." He goes, "No, they're all ashamed of them. So they're either." murdered by their family because they're seen as a shameful spot in the eyes of God or they're locked away. They're never going to be brought out in public because the family must have done something wrong to have somebody to be born mentally handicapped or to have some sort of disability. Like that's crazy to think about, but that's, that's the way like it's an honor shame culture. We're still, we're not entirely you know, not guilty of that over here. No, it, it, it happens. just happens in various degrees. Yeah. It's not as maybe blatant. Anyway, so that you, you brought up the way I grew up or the way I learned, because I, I didn't get saved until I was 17, so I didn't grow up in the church. So, like, I already had, like, a worldview almost set in motion by the time, because I'm, I'm almost an adult at this point when yeah. I got saved. And I've told the story many a time on this podcast where the, my first Sunday school experience was learning about the tea and tulip. Yeah. So we we did total depravity. We yeah. studied total depravity. I know that that has some some baggage with that term because some people, I think some people have abused it. Obviously, but it definitely gets abused. But the the reason why I still think that way is it puts everybody at zero. Yeah. That, so when Paul says in Romans 3 that all have fallen short, it doesn't matter what your sin is. The fact that you have sin puts you at zero. Yeah. And that's why... I, we have a tendency to elevate certain sins... We do. ...above others. You and I have, have talked about this a lot. Now, we were talking to a pastor in a private message, and I had brought up an example of the very best you can do. I think it's in Isaiah is like filthy rags mm. to the Lord. Your your greatest attempt at holiness is filthy rags. And it, 
if I'm not mistaken, that translation is is like slang, is like shitty rags, like the dirtiest, the nastiest, like toilet paper, like awful, terrible. That's your very best that you can present if you're saying, if you're trying to think that you can be holy in the eyes of God, that's the very best you can do. But yet, we're all in that same situation. So when we try to judge others or pick up our others, it's like saying the poop on yours is a different color than mine. So my poop is obviously yours is a little bit dark. Your, your poop stains is yours, yours is has darker. corn in it. Yeah. It's got <laughs> corn in it and mine doesn't. So obviously I'm still more favored. Looks like, no, we're, we're all at ground zero here, dude. It's, if we can get past, oh my gosh, if we so can get it, past that, uh, yeah, that would just be so like, that would just be such a freeing thought. Would it not in the church in and of itself? Like, so like divorces in, in our, in the, in the current church culture that we live in, right? Yeah. Divorces looked heavily down upon. Like, what did you do? It's gotten better, but in the past, definitely. What did you do to, to cause a divorce? Yeah. Don't you know what the Bible says about that? Mm, yeah. Or this is, uh, this meme wrecked me when I saw it. And a meme can do that. Yeah. nowadays which is crazy to me it showed a picture of this I, I maybe brought this up on the podcast before too it showed a picture of christians in the street protesting the gay marriage decision that obama did yeah or the supreme court came down with i think obama supported it anyway regardless christians in the street protesting yeah. that this decision adam and eve not adam and steve yeah. like all this stuff that's what the picture was. And then it showed a completely empty street, and it was Christians protesting the 50% divorce rate. Yeah. And it's just like, they're the same. It, it, it's, 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 I don't know, I don't understand why we elevate certain sins and why we, we, we say that these people are, have a head start like, and these people are at negative. It's like as a society, we've overcome and we've educated and we know, and other things we don't. Right. It's like we're, we're still holding on to those, still using that as a source of, judgment and condemnation that we levy upon people. Alex is flipping his Bible. He's about to get biblical. Let me let, I'll let you know we are at 50 minutes and I was shooting for an hour here. Oh my gosh. But well, well then let me, let me say this. Okay. So right after I, I love this, I love Romans three and Romans three is so brutal because Paul just brings forth all these all these passages from the Old Testament saying your your mouth is full of deceitful lies. You, nobody yeah. does good in the eyes of God. He just freaking just brings the to house down. To me, it's a down. lot like the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. He just brings the whole freaking thing down. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he kind of culminates it with this. It says, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And so like in that, after he brings the whole thing down, wrecks the whole system and says, no, everybody sucks. Everybody's starting at ground zero. He says, but here's how you can get out of being at zero. Yeah. And he says, it's Jesus. And then the fact that we have to talk about this, Jesus's blood is the propitiation, is the propitiation 
to pay for our sins. Do you think that sometimes we get carried away focused too much on the sin and less on the grace? I think... I think it's, you have to have... Because we're all taught the Romans road, right? And we got to do Romans 3 before we do, you know, Romans 6 or Romans 10. Like, we got to convict before before we can... I think you have tell to... Tell the truth of Jesus. I think it's not necessarily a set script. I don't think it should be a set script. I no, think, but that's just the way we're all taught. I know. it's. I know that's what it is. So but, it always comes off... Well, I mean, we've said it here. Bad news, then good news. It's the way we we've operated. I think you have. I think you have to cater your gospel delivery based on the person that you have in front of you. Yeah. You have to do it, and I think that's that's. It takes a, it takes the whole idea of a script out of it, and it should you should rely on the Holy Spirit in that particular instance. I think the Holy Spirit is the key because I'm the more I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking more. Let's share the good news, and let the Holy Spirit convict. Because that's the Holy Spirit's job. I, again, I don't know if it's you want to share, do the good news or bad news first, whatever one you want to do. I think it depends. I think it honestly depends on, because was Jesus doing the grace bit with the Pharisees? No, he was freaking just hammering them, saying, you guys are hypocrites. You guys have perverted the law. You guys were constantly looking at Moses. But guess what? Moses was talking about me the whole flipping time. Yeah, but he kept talking to him. He kept talking to him, which is graceful. But every time he's talking to him, he's... He's bringing it down, like the woe to the Pharisee section. Yeah, because Whoa. in a lot of ways, they are claiming how much they love God, but they're failing command. Right. So he's one of the, he's the greatest like love. So maybe your in neighbor. that maybe that's that maybe in that instance, like because there's been times people have told me, like straight like the like the person that told me like no I'm pretty good I hadn't sinned this yeah. week, or you know, or I've had people come up to me and just kind of talk about like, well, God and I are still good or like this and that. And it's like, clearly they're not good because they're not living in such a way that would say that there's something. And I've known them for a little bit. I've kind of kind of come at them a little harder than I would somebody who's you fresh. Said, you said the key word though. What? You've known them a bit. Exactly. Longer. That to me, that means more than anything else. It's, it's the pastor saying, yeah, I can speak toward these sins from the pulpit because I know these people. I know what they're going through. You don't know what they're going through. I do because I'm their shepherd. I know what they're going through. Shauna has every right to call you out onto the carpet because she knows you. If somebody who didn't know you had just met you starts calling you out and the same thing Shauna called you out, would you be like, yeah, shut the hell up? I'd be like, please leave. Yeah. No, we're done here. It's it's over. But that's why I think... I think that's why it's a relying on the Holy Spirit thing because you are you're trying to navigate. You're trying to essentially tell this person they need to be rescued in some way, right? You're trying to tell them about Jesus. Yeah, Jesus comes to rescue us. I mean, it happens. But I think in those instances, and I can definitely see it whenever I've shared like an honest sharing of the gospel that I've had with somebody yeah. in a public setting, either one on one or in a big group of people. Right? If I'm preaching. None of the times that I've done it have has it been the same. It hasn't been like, well, let me go through Romans Road with you. Yeah. Sometimes it's been I've had to share my testimony. Sometimes I've just kind of had to ask. There's this one time I asked, and I don't know, I sounded so philosophical, Jason. I don't know how it happened, but I asked a philosophical question that got us talking about Jesus and led to that. It didn't start with Romans Road. Yeah. That's for damn sure. It started off with a question that I read in a Timothy Keller book. 
And I'm like, and then I decided because this this particular person was kind of going along that same line of thought. Let me just throw this question out there. Yeah. Just to what whatever the hell your response is, it is what it is. But it led to a great discussion on Jesus to an eventual sharing of the gospel. It's never the same thing is what I'm saying for me. Yeah. The times that I've done it. I think one of the things that bugs me, you see it maybe more so in public movements, is we got to protest abortion or we got to stand up against gay marriage or we got to call publicly declare what is sin, sin. We have to do that in the public square. Otherwise, what are we doing? And my otherwise to that would be like um, sharing grace, love, or sharing the truth that Jesus died for everyone, yet while they were still sinners, like while they were in their mess, not after they realized that their sin, come to terms with it, repented, give up certain things, got their life straight back together. We see this in drug recovery homes all the time. We go in there and we preach, we, we preach the gospel, we preach the good news, and I'm, I'm hearing Ada cry up. Yeah, it's, it's kind of thrown off my concentration. It is, it's thrown off my concentration too. Oh, poor, poor Ada. Ada. <laughs> that girl. Anyway. I think the realization of sin, like whether, wh- however, how, it's ultra important. I think, however, it comes up. Yeah. Here's 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 maybe a, a golden rule to follow. I don't care how you bring it up. I don't care if it's the first thing you talk about or the last thing you talk about. It has to be talked about. Is that fair? I think it has something. You have to know that you need to, a rescuer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to know that you need a rescuer, but... And I think you're maybe... You're, you you're, are you're naming do, some very particular sins. You are going to do a piss-poor job at convicting somebody of their sin. You just are. You're going to do a bad job at it. The Holy Spirit's going to do the best job on it, period. Well, and here's the thing. What is our... I think you you you're kind of coming at it from like naming out particular sins, right? Yeah. You name like you've you've said a couple, like the abortion issue, homosexuality. You've you've named some the, the big ones, the big bugaboos for the church, right? Yeah. What about just starting off at the fact that guess what? You lying to your parents. Something very simple, something very basic. Yeah, man, I don't know if I would start there. I'm I'm just saying okay maybe not maybe not start there but I'm saying what if you may not you may not start off with the position that you you're going to start off with the position that they need Jesus but they need Jesus because of their their status right now is they don't know Jesus. And part of the reason why they don't know Jesus is because sin separates us from God and skews our ability to see him for who he is and what he's done for us. Right? Yes. I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure I'm like completely tracking. So like for me, like growing up, and this is this is just particular this is just specific to me, growing up, I always knew there was something bigger than me out there. Yeah. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like I went to Catholic church, 
So they always talked about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm not I'm saying the Catholic Church failed me in any way. I just don't think it was for me. But I always knew that there was something bigger than me. And so, like, Sean and I were talking about this. Like, I went through high school, never got drunk at a party, didn't get any girls pregnant. Like, I never... But everybody around me was doing that. But I, because of knowing that there was this higher power than myself, I kind of lived at a higher moral standard, let's just say. I know that sounds really conceited. It does. But, <laughs> but continue. Just, but it wasn't until I realized my need for a savior that I saw my relationship with God really took off. Yeah. And where I actually think that the relationship began because before it was... I was still extremely selfish. I still did whatever the heck I wanted to do. I didn't do anything to... But you still do a lot of those things. I know I still do. I don't know why I did that. Why did you crack all your knuckles? <laughs> I don't know. In- intimidating knuckle crack. <laughs> you still do those things. I'm... <laughs> do I? <laughs> I'm just saying from... From my story, and maybe somebody out there shares in the story, it wasn't until I realized my need for Jesus to rescue me from my sins is when my relationship fully became clear. Yeah. And so I needed to hear that. I needed to hear, like, yeah, Alex, you do live at a higher moral standard than the rest of your class of 2007. But it's not enough. But it's not enough. You were talking about comparative sins. You're looking at those around you and saying, I'm not that bad. I'm okay. Right. When in reality, what we talked about before is compared to a holy, perfect, and pure God, you fall short. I read one author, he made the comparison of um, trying to achieve your own holiness Mm -hmm. is like jumping to the moon. And sure, some people can jump higher than others, but you still look really ridiculously pathetic here on Earth trying to jump to the moon. And you look even worse bragging about it. Well, I got closer. I got closer to the moon. Do you see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's where I think Jesus just comes along and says, no, just no. Oh, man, we can go, we can keep going down this road, but we're, we're, we're. What, we're yeah, over we're, an hour? Yeah, we're over an hour. I think the most important thing about sin, Jason, and I think this is a good place to end. You say your piece, I'll say my piece. The most important thing is that whatever the sin is, what whatever deep, dark thing that you've never told anybody that you did, yeah. Jesus forgives that. Yep. The blood of Jesus cleanses all sin. It doesn't matter how dark you think that is or how dark society thinks that is. Oh, my gosh. There is forgiveness for it. Like, you, as you sit here, like, thinking about something terrible that you are unable to forgive yourself for, think of Romans 5. While you were yet sinners. While you were yet sinners, Christ Christ died died for you. To me, when I say truth, I... To me, I think that is absolute truth. Jesus is the Son of God is the absolute truth. I think that message of Jesus being the Son of God, I think that is offensive. I think it's certainly offensive to some. Maybe not here in America because we have this working idea of what Christianity is built into our framework. Mm -hmm. But 
I think that's the truth. And I totally believe that no matter what you've done wrong, you have forgiveness over it. Mm. Something that's kind of helped me, and my dad taught me this, when in context of preaching or just interacting with people, especially if somebody's doing something that you know, obviously, in your minds, that's a sin, that's wrong, they shouldn't be doing that. Um, it's not operating out of that framework of what is a sin and what isn't a sin. This goes with the whole take the log out of your own eye before you remove the speck from somebody else is you know when you've had that log removed from your eye because it hurts. Mm. And maybe the sins that you struggled with are the best sins that you can help others with. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, I struggle with this, you'd be like, yeah, I did too. You preach and you share and you teach and you disciple, whatever word you want to use from it, not from a position of pride or looking down at somebody, but from a position of humility. What's the quote? Uh, there's, I can't remember. I can't remember the woman's name, but I'm going to borrow her quote. I'm really sorry. She said that sharing the gospel is like a hungry person telling another hungry person where they could find bread. You guys are both searching for something. Yeah. But the, the difference is the one person has found the bread and is telling another person, another hungry person, here's where we can find bread. I, I, I love that. I'm, I'm butchering it. I'm butchering the quote. She said it more eloquently. Yeah. But I love that mentality because it's it's not me coming and saying, like, I figured it all out. I'll tell you how to do it. It's I'm barely figuring this thing out. The only thing I got to cling to is Jesus. Can I show you Jesus? Yeah. And we can float through this thing called life together just loving on him. Boom, 2019 first episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, how do we end this, Alex? Well, we end it with our plug on Patreon. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, we have a Patreon. Connect with us on Twitter at NYPastors. Uh, Facebook, you can send us a message. Lots of people do. We enjoy those. We are on the social medias for sure. Yeah. And not going to lie, it's a, it's a blank canvas for 2019, everybody. Jason and I have some ideas. Excuse me, I burped. I am really sorry, everybody. Starting off the new year right. At least you apologized for it. I'm asking forgiveness for my sin. Uh, they they have to grant it to you. <laughs> I asked. Okay. Forgive us our them. sins yes. as we forgive Father. Maybe we should do an episode on forgiveness. <laughs> That'll be so brutal. Anyway. Uh. Anyway. Get on the social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, whatever you whatever you love to Take do. Take to the streets, yo. Give us some episode ideas. Like I said, 2019 is a blank episode. If there's something that a t- particular topic that you want us to tackle, uh, we'll do it. Yep, I'll yep. say this right off the get go: mm. Jason and I have ideas for homosexuality homosexuality episodes. Yes. So don't ask us to do that one. We're already working on that. We're just trying to make sure that we we do it right. We have a couple of series in mind. Why are so many people leaving the church? 
maybe we'll tackle that off and on. Hell, something else I want to cover. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a few other things that just really is like, what is going on with that? That I want to explore and learn and be so, educated. So just know if you ask for a particular topic, it's not because Jason and I don't want to do it. It's because maybe we're waiting yep. to do it right. I'm just saying that. We have some in the wings I'm excited about, too. Yep. So, Jason... Do you think that? Do you think the Red Wings are gonna do anything special this year? Mm. I have to ask. No, <laughs> I don't. So brutally, honest. I want them to keep losing. You think? Do you think they're gonna keep missing the mark? <laughs> I, I want to just put the puck in the net. <laughs> draft Jack Hughes. Well. We build a wall in front of that net. <laughs> uh, let's not. Okay. You no, know what? Don't bring Trump into my Red Wings, okay? Yeah, just yeah. don't do it. Just leave them separate. Um, Keep the state and hockey separate. <laughs> the separation of state and hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Sports is still the one thing all Americans can get. Americans can get around and cheer for. Yeah, is... you know, here's here's how we end this thing. 2019, it's going to bring a lot of stuff. It's going to bring a lot of good things. It's going to bring a lot of bad things. But no matter what, one piece of advice that you and I live by, it's very biblical. Mm. Very important. Oh, for sure. Always keep your stick on the ice. Thanks for spending some time with Alex and I today. It really does mean the world to us. If you'd like to reach out to us or participate in a future podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or at notyourpastorspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app to catch future shows. Until then, toodles.